welcome back. It is a Thursday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Grant Bills in for Bill today. Bill will be back tomorrow. 877-867-1670. It's how you get a hold of the program. Packers Lions Sunday. Packers three and a half point favorites. Much of the talk about the Packers defense. Is this a matchup where you must see Joe Barry's group pretty much dominate, play better, turn it around, give the team a chance to win? What will be the fallout if it does not happen? Twitter pulls up at Benzie Kenny along those lines. We'll get back to the phones here in a minute, but Grant, uh, welcome into the rest of the network joining us. Grant, I wanted to get back to what one of our callers, Ben, said in the last hour. He was talking about the offense not staying on the field. And yeah. when you look up and down this football team, they clearly have a lot of things that have plagued them, right? Like the story of each game has been a microcosm of all of the struggles on both sides of the ball. You look at the Jets game, 100% the defense wore down. It was what, 3 nothing at halftime, 0-0 zero, zero at halftime. Mm-hmm. The defense wore down. The Jets ran all over them. That was the offense not mustering anything all afternoon. The Giants game, kind of similar. Second half, the offense couldn't stay on the field. The Giants made adjustments, drove down the field, ended up taking the game. You could say kind of the same about the Commanders game. The offense being unable to score, being unable to move the football consistently really plagued the team, 100%. That has probably been the biggest issue when you look how the two units balance each other and play off each other. The offensive struggles have been the story of this season for the Packers. However, the Detroit matchup, as we mentioned last hour, to start the show, is one that leads me to believe worst defense in the league, Aaron Rodgers will have success. I I feel confident saying that. Like, this defense is terrible that they're playing, which will then lead to, okay, the Packers might get up 7-0. Well, does the defense give up two straight touchdowns after that? How does the other unit respond where this matchup on paper, Packers going into Detroit, just leads me to look at the defensive side of the football and say, all right, this is it. This is the time to turn it around. If you're going to become dominant, start today. Yeah, and I was talking about this the other day in a Twitter space with a big fan of ours, LaCroix Butler on Twitter. Uh, you might know him, Ben. He loves when we host the show. We were talking about, Roger said this the other night, the offense does have to start faster, and I liked that Rodgers talked about that on Sunday night in his postgame presser. Make it a little bit easier on the defense, allow the pass rushers to get downhill, absolutely. And Ben, you talked about how the offense has been underwhelming in a lot of these games too, but the offense wasn't given a couple of draft picks and a couple of high price free agents this off season, you know, like the expectations for the offense and the defense were very different. Both units have underwhelmed in their own way, but we expected the offense to underwhelm a little bit. The defense wasn't supposed to. I need to find the tweet. I I need to go through player by player. Okay. First round pick all pro. Here it is. Your Packers defense, Grant Bills. Hit me. Six first-round picks. Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, Jair, Quay Walker, Darnell Savage. A 2021 first-team All-Pro in Devondre Campbell. A 2021 Pro Bowl Pro Bowl alternate in Rasul Douglas. A solid safety, supposed to play well. A couple other defensive linemen. I mean, a a unit that has been invested in heavily over the years. I'm not even talking about what Josh Jackson, the corner that they drafted in the second round, who I think I saw have two pick sixes in a game in camp Randall years ago. I was there for that game. 
does Josh Jackson go in the second round if not for Alex Hornibrook? Embrace debate. We'll do that next hour. Yeah, uh, no, the answer to that. But, I mean, all, everything that has been invested in this defense, where even when the offense struggles, you expect at the least they'd be able to hold it together. And that hasn't happened. So, I mean, the script of this game could look a lot like it did in against New York, where the offense gets out hot, 20 points in the first half, and maybe they struggle in the second half. They've done it all season. Yeah. But the defense is going to need to not do what it did in that London game if the Packers are going to win. That's where I'm at. 877 Deep Press. 867 1670. <laughs> James is in Green Bay. James, thanks for holding on, man. What's up? Hey, no problem. I got hey. one point about the Packers. And is it okay if I make a point about Coach Leonard of the Badgers? Oh, 100%. Yes. I always, I, I don't want to lead the show doing this, but. If anyone wants to come here and talk about the Badgers, you could get me going for hours on that. And it wouldn't be great for ratings, but I would do it. So, yes, short answer, I always welcome Leonard talk. Okay, so the first point about the Packers is you weren't necessarily making a trade to put you over the top this year. You're looking to make a trade into the future. So if if you think Claypool or Judy or whoever you were trying to get, Hockenstein or whoever it was, is somebody that can fit into your offense for the future controllable young talent that's the uh david stern's method years of control right that's what you want and you know again they they're really they really overvalue those draft picks so that second third fourth round draft pick you don't want to give up for a proven guy like claypool or judy or hockenstein or whoever it just boggles my mind like they might have to get past that uh the way they do business but and then my Badger talk is just this, like, like wh- where do we want the Badgers to go? Like, what do we want them to do? Do we want them to compete with a team like Ohio State and Michigan year after year after year? I mean, I like Jim Leonard. He's proven himself as a defensive coordinator. He's, I won't say proven himself as the first couple of games as coach, but he's had success. Uh, he has a pedigree in the NFL. And stuff. Don't say who I think you're going to say. Do it. I'm going to say it. Do it. Deion Oh, Go God. for Deion oh, Sanders. Even better. Go get a big name coach. <laughs> Go get a big name guy, Hall of Fame guy that can attract top talent here, and and go for it. Go. What's wrong if you take your swing at Ohio State or Michigan? You're not going to take your swing with Jim Leonard. Yeah, you might have a year where you're ten and two or whatever it is, and with the playoffs expanding, you'll make the playoffs. But take your swing with Deion Sanders. What's wrong with that? I'd like to hear your comments on that. I got you. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. Uh, I love coaching hot stove talk in college football because it's amazing. It's It's different than the NFL because when coaches move in the NFL, they're going from commercialized, uh, suited up, buttoned up organization to other commercialized, buttoned up organization. In college football, you were talking about chaos. You were talking about Brian Harson of Auburn being paid $40 million not to coach. The Auburn Tigers, granted, in the last three years, have paid $54,000 per day in buyouts to their two previous coaches per day in three years. Every single day, they're still paying off these guys because they fire them. Anyway, why do I not want Deion Sanders? Sweater vest guy, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Sorry Uh, to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, he's at UCF now. Actually, doing pretty well. The Bounce House is what they call their stadium down in Orlando. Why do I not want Deion Sanders to be the coach of the Wisconsin Badgers? Number one, can he attract top talent? Yes. Would that top talent ever come to the state of Wisconsin? No. 
because it is cold. To put it very simply, like, let's think about it. If he goes to Auburn, you're in the South. You stay in Florida. There's a reason Wisconsin is unable to go into recruiting hotbeds in Georgia and Florida and get all the five-star kids. It's just going up north and playing when it's colder. It's a different cultural thing when it comes to the weather, comes to the playing style, right? So, and then it's also a, a fit thing where, yes, do I think he can succeed probably anywhere. He's Deion Sanders, uh, the anti-Urban Meyer, I guess, where Urban Meyer will fail everywhere he goes, starting now, not going back to Ohio State where he had success. Deion Sanders might be the opposite, but you, I can't, just... you can't get away from who you are in college football. Once you start to get your identity and throw it in the trash like they did, kind of with Gary Anderson going outside the building, it does not end well. That is all I will say on Deion Sanders. I just can't imagine Deion Sanders driving up north to Grantsburg to recruit one of the Chanel brothers or like driving to Kadat going to recruit this offensive lineman. I'd pay to just watch it. That sounds funny to me. I know it wouldn't work well. I'm not going to talk about coaching hires, obviously with the level of detail that Mr. Kenny can hear. I think fits so important for Wisconsin. And I think Jim Leonard, well, Jim Leonard lived up there. He can go recruit top players all over the state. I Dude, just love getting been going about potential. Jim Leonard coaching. is Wisconsin. Exactly. Like I can't get why ever, people have you ever are been to Tony, the home of Jim Leonard. I've heard a lot about it. I have not been, but well, should, many people were unhappy with Paul Christ because uh, things were stale. They started losing a bit. Recruiting fell. He obviously is not the most outward going person to the media and the public. Do you know who the opposite of all that is? Jim Leonard. Yeah. Like, come on. If you want a guy to go schmooze up with boosters and do press conferences, Jim Leonard will do it. There is not one thing he has done in his professional career that he has failed at. He walked on to Wisconsin, All-American, goes to the NFL, sticks around for eight, nine years. Defensive coordinator, terrific, best in the country. Like, Let's not overthink this, people. 877-867-1670. Wyatt's in Green Bay. Wyatt, what's up? Hey guys, just wanted to uh, bring up two things here. So first off, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I think the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers should have been out a while ago. Joe Barry. I mean, we got guys, you know, on third short, uh, third down and short and our defensive, uh, our cornerbacks are lined up in Ann Arbor waiting for the pass to come off and they just stroll right up, grab the first down, keep the drive going. Uh, And then the next thing, uh, I think uh, Toure, he's got uh, that's a big brain football guy right there. I mean, yeah, uh, a young guy like that getting open like he was, you know, for that touchdown, man, that's good stuff right there. We need to get that ball, that guy, the ball more. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers will once you break off a route and do an off schedule play for Rodgers, you know, damn well, he's going to get you back on the field and throw you the ball constantly. Yeah, you get open deep like that, he can get it to you, man. Just get open downfield. And I don't know why it's so hard for a lot of these guys to understand that. Torrey did it on his second play in with the first string. Well, I will say him in college, for those that obsess over Nebraska football like I do, Adrian Martinez is the perfect quarterback to learn how to catch balls from an all-time great. Continue. For sure. That was a joke because he kind of sucked. I would, uh, I mean, I, I just wanted to bring up those two points. The defense, man, just them giving up that much space in between the receivers and waiting for them to catch the ball just really irritates me on like third down and short. Or if it's even third down and 10, they line up, you know, 12 yards off the receiver. 
receiver just strolls right up and gets the t- uh, first down. Yep. Yeah, and they have the personnel to to play press. They have the personnel to get aggressive. And they've done it a bit, and they've gotten burned a couple times. Washington, late in game, and Buffalo. Part of that is you chalk that up like Terry McLaurin made some great plays. But also in Buffalo, you have Rasul Douglas on Stephon Diggs, not Jair Alexander. Rasul Douglas is not your best man corner. He's their best receiver. Why is it so hard to put your multi-multi highest paid million dollar quarterback corner on their best receiver. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, and I think they, I mean, I agree. Put, put, put Jair on the best guy all game, but I mean, get up there and play aggressive, have them knock them off their route, mess up the timing, something. Don't just let them walk out 10 yards and get a catch, you know? Yep. For sure. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for listening. Eight, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670, man. I'm, I'm worked up about Deion Sanders. It's like, Urban Meyer is one thing, you know, he's coached in the big 10. He's had success. He's and big noon kickoff. Yeah. Obviously the anti-culture fit for everything Wisconsin stands for. And he was brought up a lot. Um, but I don't know uh, the, the Dion thing. Dion at Auburn. That's what you should look out for. Cause that's a fit that could work and it could be really fun for the sport. I thought the lane train was headed to Auburn. Man. I have the, the rumors has, has the chatter that I've seen not been true. What are you reading message boards? Well, look, I, you guys don't give me any credit as a college football fan. I follow Lane Kiffin on Twitter. <laughs> I'm up to date on these things. I'm abreast of coaching movement in the SEC. What do you want from me? I see. I see it. What did you say two weeks ago when Wisconsin was entering by that I didn't hear oh. on your show? God, I don't remember. Yeah. Eight, Last seven. week, I, I forgot they were on by. That's all. Oh. Now I see what you're asking. Someone called me out, Grant, last Saturday because Wisconsin was on by. I got out on the golf course at 8.20 in the morning so I could catch the second half of Penn State, Ohio State, watch all of Northwestern Iowa, and then catch, I forget what the night, oh, Michigan, Michigan State at night. People called me out for being a casual, for not being there from the start. See Gus Johnson's intro to Fox Big Noon kickoff. Best time slot in college football. Well, you have your cohort, Zach Heilprin, locked away in what looked to be the basement beneath his basement. It looks like the sun <laughs> has never touched that space. And he's got four TVs, and he's sitting down there in the pitch black just grinding all these other college games. So I don't think it's a you problem. I think by comparison, you looked like a casual next to Zach because you were out on the course, and Zach was, you know, working on his craft. Yeah. Um, no comment. Yeah. I played well. What can I say? 877-867-1670. Let's go to John. John, what's up? John. Hey, you guys. Yeah, quickly just talking NFL trade line. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, and I, I just jumped on, but it is, I mean, I'm probably at about seven, eight years. I mean, nobody, as a Packer fan, you, you can't be surprised. But it does go back to, don't just, I mean, this is how I feel probably since 15, post-Bostic, was, you know, the, the organization, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, organizationally, there is a contentment with just having some relevance, you know? And I say that just based on, I mean, I guess I always go back to missing out on Moss. Could have had Randy for Favre's last few years. That was, that would have been an easy fit. Um, could have had Marshawn Lynch for like a fourth rounder. Just yeah. So it's kind of organizational and throw this in there in 16. We, you know, we get to the NFC championship. We got spanked by the Falcons. That was a year where Gunter was our number one cornerback. And that oh. was like shield went down. And that was a year where there was a guy, I think he went to the Steelers. Anyway, at the trade deadline, to not get a corner and just leave Gunter out there and then just get smoked, 
in an NFC championship with Julio Jones against Gunter. It was just kind of embarrassing. But I'm at, again, I'm at about seven years of the organization just feeling like let's keep our relevance, but let's just you know keep, and keep that status quo. And that's just the reality as fans. It's and it'll be a, you know another reason why Rogers never got to a Super Bowl on top of his you know big contracts every year. So mathematically, they never were going to anyway based on his numbers. But you know, it's just kind of an organizational thing, and there's a there's just a contentment. I mean, that's how I see it. So it's, you can't get you know feathers riled up because it's it's a reality and it's a year to year thing, where they're just content with that. Am I wrong, or what do you guys think? No, I don't think you're wrong. I talked about this on my show last night, John. I don't even think it's about okay. the trade deadline on. Uh, Tuesday or whenever uh, the deadline was. Yeah. I think it's, right. they didn't go for Marshawn Lynch, like you said. They didn't try for Randy Moss. <laughs> they didn't try for Tony Gonzalez, right? One of these years, try it. Not every year. We're not yeah. asking for every year. Yeah. Not every year go all in, but none of these guys has ever tickled your fancy. That's, but, I think, what frustrates me and so many <laughs> Packers fans like you. But Grant, Jimmy Graham. That's not the same. Sorry, that was Wasn't a joke. He a, was he a free agent? Yeah. He was, he was. Hey. That's right. That was me. Yeah. That was, yeah, off off season. But I mean, don't you think it's this too? I mean, it's it's just a, the decision to be fiscally sound over Super Bowl bound. Well, I didn't mean to rhyme there, but it just kind of happened. But wow. that's kind of the Packer way, and uh, the fiscally sound is just killer as a fan. That's yeah. all. I'd rather go in the toilet for a few years and get a ring, or at yeah. least at least sniff a Super Bowl and not get spanked in an NFC Championship or lose the special teams. Oh, I, I, I look at. Yeah, okay. Or maybe have the suspense of knowing. I appreciate the phone call, man. We're running up against it a bit. Great call. People bringing it. Great call. Uh, at least this is going to sound really stupid, but I'm going to say it. At least having the Do suspense it. of knowing this is your last chance to win something and knowing you're going to be screwed in the future, I think <laughs> would lead to more success. But no, I, all jokes aside, he's right. There is a, it feels like an attitude. They are really good at being really good but they're bad at being great. Oh, did you, are you quoting Bill Huber? Maybe. No. So at the the end of his piece that was, I think Monday night, it said the Packers are really good at being really good. They're terrible at being great. Yes. And I think that sums it up well. Yeah. That's where I saw it. Shout out to Bill Huber. Thank you for the proper credit. I remember. That's a bar. uh, I was reading that piece. So yeah, it it is what it is. I I don't know. And it's tough because it's not like you can make, decisions going into next year, right? Like Rogers is here. You have to still try to find the best way to build the roster around him and surround Matt LaFleur or whoever with the best coaches. Normally, right? You look across the NFL, the Colts bring in Matt Ryan and and they trade for him. They pay him all this money and Matt Ryan sucks and they benched him because they can, because he's freaking Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan And now they Mm -hmm. can make a decision to move off him and go a different way. Packers cannot do that. So who do do you think the Colts quarterback will be next year? Ooh, Sam Darnold. Hmm. Every time I watch a a good quarterback get bad, I love seeing the tweets that it's like 2023 Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Bring him back. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. That's interesting. 877-867-1670. We'll get back to the phones when we return. A lot to get to. Aaron Rodgers' comments on the deadline. You'll hear those as well. Some college football thoughts. Fantasy football coming up at noon. Our guy Paul Charchian will join us. So much more. 877-867-1670. Join the show if you want to. Back to the phones next. It's the Bill Michaels Show. 
Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is a Thursday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny at Benzie Kenny on Twitter. He is at Wisco Grant. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the show. Uh, if you want to listen to Grant more, Grant Wisco Sports Show today, 4 to 6. We'll do a little show preview coming up later. I will also be live in Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Kenny and Heilprin, our show on the Wisconsin Badgers. 5 to 6 today, podcast afterwards as well, if you're interested. 877-867-1670. Grant, the quarterback we were thinking of, when who yeah. will be the Colts guy under center next year, the answer is Mac Jones. That was the one. I get I Zappy. Yeah. Zappy there in New England. But yes. Somewhere in my brain. I couldn't find it. Yeah. If uh, I were the Colts, I just would have tried to trade for Jordan Love. Like, I don't know. That would have made sense. Just try and washed up guys. Like, take a shot. I'd always want to take a chance. That's what your Eagles did, right? The Eagles didn't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be anything, but they said, all right, we're going to try it because we'd rather try something than deal with some middle of the road, you know, bridge guy or washed up guy um, like the Colts eventually did with Carson Wentz. But now, you know what they yeah. did? that the Packers and other teams have failed to do. What's that? They surrounded him with a terrific team. Well, he's cheap. He's cheap. I had a listener last night complaining to me about how the Packers paid Aaron Rodgers $50 million and then didn't put anything around him. It's like, well, listen to what you just said, right? Like they paid him 50 million because they had to, which made it difficult to put pieces around him. I'm not blaming Rodgers for that, but that's the reality. In other news, Zadarius Smith is NFC player of the month and leads them. Yeah. leads the conference in everything. And he's counting 11 million against the Packers cap. That guy feels like the difference, man. Like if he's around the defensive line looks different. The depth at outside linebacker looks different. They have a leader in the building. Feels like everything is different. If he's still around did not make enough about his departure, nor uh, Billy Turner who departed and you know, the offensive line. Has been struggling. 877-867-1670. Back to the phones. Jerry's in Green Bay. Jerry, what's up? Hey, I've got a question for you guys and then a comment. What do you guys think of a Packers tight end position? Oh. That's, it's fine, I guess. Because, because for uh, the last year and a half or whatever, last year at least, when they played Nebraska last year, there's this tight end. They have a record-setting tight end, Austin Allen. Yeah. 6'9", 250. He's on the practice squad of the Giants. Why don't you pick him up? That's a great point. He yeah. went in the sixth and or seventh round. He is he a matchup go, nightmare. Get drafted. Yeah, matchup nightmare. He'd fit in well. I, the thing and, is, I you have big dog, you know, Rogers guy. Can't do anything without saying, big dog. I'm saying goal line situation. Just throw the ball up to him. 100%. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I really do appreciate the phone call, man. I I like Tanyan. DeGuara is getting more and more snaps. They've really liked what they've seen from him in the blocking department. He's added some stuff to the offense. Great. Um, 
fullback, Josiah Aguara, I guess. Yeah. Austin Swiss Allen. Army knife. Austin Allen's a dog. I would be in favor with the matchup nightmare at tight end, but the thing is, I feel like the tight end position works best when your play action game's working. It's another thing Ben brought up in the last hour. Got to get play action going. Got to get under center more. They did it against Buffalo in the second half, and they had a lot more success as an offense, just generally. Feel like that tight end position can really get loose when you get the linebackers coming downhill against the run, which this team has not done great. May I share a thought that I've had probably two or three times this season um, while watching the Cowboys? I want to know how Jake Ferguson just... (laughs) Doesn't waltz into the NFL. Don't get Nope. Oh, little blip there with Grant. We will we'll get that corrected. I can finish the thought though. Uh Grant, you back? Uh do you have me? Yes. Yes, yes. Got Yellow. It. I just I'm just frustrated that he's caught two touchdowns and he's got some catches this year and it's looked really nice. And Goody's drafting Sternberger, who is garbage, and drafted DeGuara, who like whatever. Whatever, I'm Taquara. Why does Jake Ferguson just waltz into the NFL and make plays for the Cowboys when Goody has actually given serious draft capital to try to get a tight end and he can't sniff a competent player? Because Jake Ferguson came into the NFL as a complete player. He also is Dalton Schultz. Yeah. They're the same player, but also scheme. The way the Cowboys run the football. McCarthy. And get, well, Kellen Moore. Okay. Get the tight ends in there. They've always, I mean, with Jason Witten, that's always been the Cowboys, right? They've always had that really solid tight end over the middle. But yes, I'm with you. The big draft capital thing. I don't get it it with the Packers, Ben. I don't get it. We had Jermichael Finley, and it was the greatest thing on planet Earth. And I think he got hurt in 2013, 2014, when he messed up his neck and he's been done. And since then, we're just drafting the Sternbergers of the world, the Richard Rodgers of the world, the Josiah DeGuars of the world. I, I, I don't get it. And the Cowboys are like, ah, just take Jake Ferguson in the fourth round. He's related to Barry Alvarez, I think. Yeah, that'll work. And he's catching touchdowns. Yes, he is. 877-867-1670. Cannot disagree. However, that falls in line with some other things we mentioned today as not the most glaring thing that I am angered by with this football team in Green Bay. Like, I like Bob Tanyan. He's been fine this year. The lack of production from the tight end position or the lack of great talent there is not what's holding this team back. It's so many other things. Maybe oh. if you get a great tight end, maybe you run the ball more. Maybe you trust him to block, which is what they do with DeGuara. Noted fullback, I guess. Josiah DeGuara. 877-867-1670. Before we hit break, our guy LaCroix Butler's here. What's up? LaCroix. Hey, boys. Hey, Grant. How's it going? Uh, you stole my thunder. I was going to say the reason Jake Ferguson popped is because he's Barry Alvarez's grandson. I have yeah. never heard that before. Continue. Yeah. Oh, do you know Bra- you know Braylon Allen was only seventeen last year? Facts. All right. Anyway, <laughs> analysis. If I'm going to get in, he's a beast too. If I'm going to get into my biggest issue with the Packers this year, it's got to be just one word, and it's they're just so dang stubborn. Like mm. Joe Barry refuses to run man when it's right. Jair, Jair Alexander's being stubborn by calling out the media after the game. Matt Lafleur is being stubborn by not running the damn ball. Aaron Rodgers is being somewhat stubborn by calling out people and he's not, or maybe he's changing plays to the line of scrimmage. I'm the Rogers defender. I'm not blaming him, but it just seems like from the top down, Goody's stubborn. The whole organization's just stubborn. And it's just really, I feel come to a head this year. And it's just very bothersome to watch after 
mean, I'm 26. My entire life being a Packer fan has been far of Rodgers. It's been great. But I feel like this year is just like a, a different feel across the entire organization. And I think it just comes down to they think they're smarter than everybody else. And they're really, I mean, it's showing right now they're not. Yeah, and uh, you know what else they still stubbornly cannot do for some weird, un- ungodly reason? They can't punt block. No. Yeah, no, I, I don't understand that. I feel like that that's like a middle school concept, and they can't figure that out. I don't know why I woke up just thinking about that today, but I saw it yesterday. I can't get over it. You hire Bisaccia. Well, it's supposed to all be different. The rest of the team is underwhelming, and the special teams has not lost them a game. I understand that. Mason Crosby's been better than last year. Like, things have worked better. Pat O'Donnell's been fine. Uh, he, he's not the greatest thing ever. But you can't punt block. What are we doing? Well, O'Donnell's under pressure. It feels like 70% of the time he punts. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, there's going to be one. I don't know. You could feel it. You could feel it in a big spot. I, I hate to say it, but when I have feelings in the gut, I, I just have to put them out there. You have a feeling one of them is going to, you know it's going to decide a game. I don't know. Absolutely. I'll hang up, and I just want to say loving the buffer music today. It's got Grant Bill's fingerprints all over it. So have a good one, oh, boys. Appreciate it, man. Um, I am n- I'm not really controlling the bumper music. It's usually a normally cycled through list that a lot of other stuff's going on, so I'm not really touching. I like touching Bill's bumper music. That. Yeah. Yeah. They're good tastes. Yeah. Um, I'll go into some Rolling Stones when... We come back, actually, because Aaron Rodgers said something yesterday that everybody is going to want to hear. When he was asked about what changes his expectations about them going on a winning streak. A lot of comps to 2016 today, Grant, when it comes to the deadline and being four and six and then ripping off wins in a row. You're going to hear what Aaron Rodgers said when we return. And a couple more cuts. Got to get to those. Noon, coming up, 25 minutes, Paul Chargy in fantasy football. Your calls all show long, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I mean, every game I take the field, I expect to win, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, well, you got to learn how to win again. Uh, every year, can't you know line up and say, "Oh, we won 13 the last three years. We're going to mow these guys down." It just doesn't happen in this league. The league is deep, and margin of victory is very slim. So we got to play a little bit better and have a couple of those plays go our way, and, and hopefully we'll come out uh, with a W. Does it feel a little like now or never against Detroit? Not really. I don't think it ever needs to feel like that. I mean, uh, it just there's a little bit more urgency, I think, as the season gets in, gets into November. Obviously, the weather's changing, which is usually in our favor. And if we can just get a couple of these, you know, I think, uh, you know, we could start to become that dangerous team that we we believe uh, believed at the beginning of the season we could be. All right. That is Aaron Rodgers. It is the Bill Michaels Show. That's Grant Bill. So I'm Ben Kenny. In for Bill today. Bill again, back tomorrow. Rodgers says they have to learn how to win again. Grant, that is not to me a small comment. All right. That is one right. where I sit back and say okay so every time the team collapses in the second I, things are starting to wear on the locker room that is my sense so rogers said on sunday night in his post-game presser that if they can just get one i think that'll change everything and a lot of packers fans say oh whatever i actually believe that i think if the packers get a win that really does wonders for this team and i think they 
obviously can turn that into two, three, four wins. So I buy into that idea that they just need to get one to change the, the flow. The comment about learning how to win again every year. I'm not sure if I hate or love that, agree or disagree, but here's what I'll, I will, I will ask you a question. Would Tom Brady say that? Would Tom Brady come in, say, we need to learn how to win again? I don't, I don't think he would. I think it's assumed. Well, you know what I mean? And I think that assumption from Brady raises everyone up around him. Well, Tom Brady doesn't speak to the media. So no, he would not say that. Say what you, he doesn't. He does. He speaks to the media. Oh, when they start losing, he does little two minute press conferences that contain nothing. Say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. I respect him so much for talking to the media for as long as he does every week. It it cannot go. And then obviously you have Brandon Bean out there in in Buffalo talking after the deadline. The fact that Brian Gutekinds doesn't speak to the public after doing nothing at the deadline kind of bothers me, if I'm being honest. What is he going to say? Not much. I don't care. Speak to the media. Right? That's not the point. Yeah. It's the I trade deadline. There. You're supposed to do that. Your head coach shouldn't be up there just taking all the, the questions and all the heat for uh, what you did or did not do. Do I think Brady would say that? No. Um, but I don't know. He's right. Like, I'm sure there's a purpose to that. I'm sure he is setting it up for if the Packers beat the Lions on Sunday for the rejuvenation to come and for other guys to start believing again. I don't know. Like the the question was how like how can you expect to go on a winning streak? Approaching this Lions game like they did, I don't know, the Giants game or the Jets game when they were still three and one or three and two before the four game losing streak, the approach yeah. is different. I I really like what Rogers was saying yesterday. I do. And he's not wrong. Like the team does have to have to learn how to win. You're talking about like the Vikings somehow this year, playing in a lot of close games, aren't playing the best. But they're what six and one because they've reversed all of that weird bad luck at the end of games. The lions have not learned how to win. They continue to lose the same way every time. So I think there, there is something legitimate there. Well, the Packers have to learn how to win faster then, because if you lose, if you, how do I want to say this? If you learn more in defeat than you do in victory, then this Packers team should be the smartest team in the damn league (laughs) because their seasons have come up short for a decade now. And it's always a different way. The defense stinks. The special team stinks. You get bad luck you, on the road, at home, in the cold, in a dome. These are all learning experiences. Do these all go for, for not because we wipe the slate and then we come into the next year and we got to learn how to do it all over again. I, I feel like there should be some experience that we could pull from, from the last decade. Yeah. If only there was a time they were four and six and reeled off many straight wins. True. Rogers did say earlier this year that he looks back at history what he's done before, what the team has done before in moments. Why are you laughing? He said that. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Why are you la- Why are you laughing? I'm thinking about the comment about the cold weather because uh, yeah, Grant, yeah. It, it's November 3rd and I'm probably going to go for a run outside today. It's 50 <laughs> degrees. Like, is the cold weather coming? I don't know. Has, has Bill put the Harley away yet for the year? That's always a line of demarcation. I haven't heard him talk about that yet. It's still very warm. Yeah, I might have to ask him because until the Harley goes away, then the cold weather is not here. You really wonder what the Lambeau home field advantage will be if if it never gets cold. And also, Rogers talks about how the cold weather, that'll be a strength for us. Is it? Is it? It didn't look like one against the Niners. Rogers, you looked cold. All right. I live here year round. And there's a look on someone's face when they come in from outside or they sit down in their car. 
he had that look on his face. He did not look like he was thriving in the cold weather in the playoffs last year. Grant, there is another cut I would like to play. Yeah. Rodgers, on what does he say to Packers players that are disappointed they did not add a receiver at the deadline? Well, we didn't subtract either. I think that's a really important point to make. Um, so obviously the organization, the third floor, believes that we have the right guys in place to win. Um, there's no tanking. There's no rebuild. This is a team that is expected to get the job done. So it's on us as players and also coaches to make sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can to win football games. They didn't sell Grant. That's incredible. They're not the Brewers. That's basically what he said. Yeah. Brewers. (laughs) Which all jokes aside, the end of that cut, I I do like, I, I genuinely believe that him as a leader and the guys in the locker room as leaders can look at the deadline and say, they did not add anybody. They believe what we have is enough. So we need to make it happen. I really believe he talks about manifesting success and all that stuff. But as a leader, him saying that stuff is legit. I like the way he crafted that because you could either look at it as, okay, the front office screwed us and we're angry or B they didn't add because they think we're good enough. And if Rogers talks like that, the players will believe it and they'll play better. Maybe that's an optimistic way to look at it, but I like the way he handled that. It is so funny. I have to play the the beginning. He was literally asked, what do you say to guys that are disappointed? Well, we didn't subtract either. Uh, Somebody watched the Brewers this season. I, I really liked Rogers messaging this week. I feel good about what I'm hearing from him. And if it's at all reflective of the conversations going on in the locker room, I, I like where he is trending. I like what I'm hearing. And I wrote it down in my notes. I think I'm going to do a segment on it tonight. I'm going to find some of these clips and say, I like this. I agree with this. I'm on board with this. I have more. Actually, we'll do one more before we hit break quickly. Uh, did he get his hopes up at the deadline? I'm, my hopes are always up. In life, you know, I'm an optimistic person, and obviously the compensation or whatever players that we were going after it just didn't make sense. So I trust Brian, and uh, we had some good conversations. Uh, know that we were, you know, in on some things, and it obviously just didn't uh, didn't pan out. And how can the team improve with the current roster they have? Same deal with the previous cut. Well, we need our guys to to play it uh, just a tick higher. I think all of us. Um, that's what we did in 2016. You know, it wasn't like we really added anybody to the mix. Now we did get uh, Cookie back from from some injuries, um, so we got to you know hopefully get nine and thirteen back this week. Gotta be a couple more weeks. Uh, you know, we're hopeful that uh, both Elton and Dave will be able to go, and there's no surprises on game day. And I think that squad, when you put that together, I think we can we can win some football games with those guys. So I think that's what we're all hoping for. Uh, it's just to get a little bit healthier and then our guys to just uh, everybody play a little bit better. Grant, we have two minutes before we have to hit break here. Okay. I agree with him 150% when he talks about health on the offense, health on the offensive line, continuity, getting when Bakhtiari's played the last three weeks or he's played two of the last three week seven, he missed. He's been terrific. When Elton Jenkins yeah. is at left guard, he is terrific. Josh Myers has turned it around when the team is healthy. Obviously, they have a much, much better chance. He says everyone has to play better. He is right. And then also, they got to get Christian Watson back. Like, I I truly think his messaging and and the way he's approaching this is a very, very positive, positive way. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I, I came away more optimistic than I was, I guess. But this is all about the offense, right? Doesn't really have to do with the defense, which is the theme of the day. Your offensive players are your leaders on the team. I don't know why I'm struggling to speak right now, but Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, head coach, highest paid player, veteran player. They lead your offense. They got to lead the team. So when they have the tools with Watson and obviously their offensive linemen and Lazard back, you know, I think they'll, st- they'll step in there. Yeah, I'm with you. 877-867-1670. Paul Charchian coming up in about 10 minutes. Going to step away. Take a quick break. A lot more to come. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will practice in pads today, getting ready to face the Lions in Detroit. Although Green Bay lost to the number one ranked Buffalo Bills, Sammy Watkins thinks they've improved as a team. Last week was a eye opener for all of us. To we really a good team. Um, we can put up points. We can play with the best, arguably the best team in the NFL. And um, now is this week to go to Detroit and try to do what we did last week, but get a win and play well on both sides of the ball, um, all phases of the ball. And um, I think this is a, a, the best we could do it. Um, going to Detroit and the Lions, pretty good team, but we got to go and play our game and execute, and I think we can squeeze out a win. On offense, the Lions are scoring an average of 30 points or more per game at Ford Field, but they've lost five in a row, and they fired their secondary coach after ranking dead last in pass defense in the league. And this week, they face Aaron Rodgers, Lions head coach Dan Campbell. Well, we all know what kind of quarterback he is. You know, it's the it's the same song and dance. He's seen every look you can see. He's always three steps ahead. He's mobile. He can move in the pocket. We know the damage that can be done with him. Him. And so certainly trying to close the pocket in on him will go a long way. And, and we got to challenge these receivers. I asked Rodgers if the Lions are any different under Dan Campbell. Uh, they play hard. You know, obviously their offense has scored a lot of points at home, too. I think they average like uh, 35 or so at home. So they've scored on everybody, too. So we're going to obviously have to come out and score some points on Sunday. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. They beat us last year in Ford Field at their place in the last game of the regular season. So, you know, you can throw the records out the window, in my opinion. I mean, it's the NFL. It doesn't matter who you play. If you don't play your best, you're going to get your ass kicked. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Joining us next, I'm Ben Kenny. Grant Bills is here. Grant, we have a minute. Kyrie Irving. What in the world did I just watch on Twitter? Yeah, um, I'm not touching that. I do a lot of NBA talk every Thursday, the NBA lounge tonight. I'm not touching that. It's just bizarre. My only th- my thought that I will share, I mean, he's an idiot, but two. Well, yeah. The fact that the Nets fired the coach, brought in, said other coach with certain scandals in Boston that he will have to answer for. He's not just going to show up in Brooklyn. No one's going to ask him about it and have not decided to part ways with uh, a guy that has clearly been uh, somewhat of a lunatic over the last uh, like has he contributed positively to the Nets at all? No. Has he contributed positively to a basketball team that didn't have LeBron James on it? He has Kyrie has been in nothing but incredible basketball situations 
since his days with LeBron. Every team he's been on. Those Boston teams were super teams. The Nets teams are great. His good buddies. He's blown up all of them. I actually think the Nets strategy is like a little old lady that swallowed a fly. It's like, oh, so if we have a scandal with Kyrie, let's just bring in another scandal and people will become distracted with that. I mean, that's worked with Ben Simmons. No one's talking about Ben Simmons anymore. Except for I me. It's working. Except for yeah. me. Uh, yeah, it's the old Dan Snyder approach. All right. There's basketball talk. Uh, the Bucks are 7-0, though, and they're awesome. And can confidently say all of their players are terrific guys, and I root for all of them. And their team is awesome, and they're 7-0, so get into them. That's basketball talk. Paul Charchian joins us next. Fantasy football, a lot more to come. Your calls after that. It's the Bill Michaels Show. That's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. Back after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.